I'm gonna make one more statement because I know exactly what this means. This Sunday will be physical and it will be brutal and I will be at my very best. I just hope you are too because after this Sunday, the last thing anyone is gonna wanna deal with is just another Randy Orton excuse. Good luck on Sunday. You're gonna need it. in attendance and the millions watching around the world uh, let's get ready to rumble i am the voice of the voiceless so i have everybody's attention now sorry about your damn luck i deserve one more match it's gonna be the end of the world as you know it Welcome back, folks, to another jam-packed edition of WrestleRant Radio. Your host of the most, the Bleacher Report featured columnist and the Tuesday Night Delight, Graham G.S.M. Matthews, here today on December 10th, 2013. As I said before, a very jam-packed edition of WrestleRant Radio here tonight for you folks. Sitting at home, listening live here on EC Radio, it's going to be great. We're going to be talking about these Slammy Awards from last night on Monday Night Raw. Those were very good up until the end. An epic ending to one of the better episodes of Monday Night Raw in recent memory, so I'll be going down that here tonight. Also be talking about my experience at the New England Unwrapped event, the New England Championship Wrestling Unwrapped event from this past Friday night. Here in Beverly at the Cove Community Center, very fun time. Going to be talking about the show and my experience and the results of some of the matches. Not going to be going down match by match, but my overall thoughts on the show. And, of course, going to be giving my insider knowledge on the WWE Network, some breaking news on that recent development. Going to be talking about that. Also going to be giving my predictions for this Sunday's WWE TLC pay-per-view. It's going to be live from Houston, shaping up to be a great show. Going to be giving my Match my match picks for every advertised match on the card. So it's going to be great. We have a 
Power Hour of Wrestling here for you tonight, folks, on WrestleRant Radio. But, of course, before we get into any of that, it's time for my shameless plugs. You can visit nextererawrestling.weebly.com where you can listen to the show. Just go to the homepage, press and listen live to WrestleRant Radio, and it redirects you right to the EC Radio Live's 365 website. So that's another way to listen live to the show. Of course, you can check out and make sure to um, vote for the 2013 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards, it's going to be all up until next Tuesday where I reveal the winners of every category. It's going to be huge. We've got Match of the Year, Superstar of the Year, Women's Wrestler of the Year. Notice how I did not say Diva of the Year because we're also counting knockouts here, two people, so let's not forget about them. We've also got Moment of the Year, Disappointment of the Year, and much, much more. So make sure to check it out. It's at nextererawrestling.weebly.com. Go to Week in Review. Right underneath it is the WWE TNA 2013 Year in Review Awards. It's going to be big. The winners of each poll will be announced next Tuesday night, like I said before, right here on WrestleRant Radio, so the polls are open until then. Also on the site, make sure to check out my exclusive photos that I took at the New England Championship Wrestling event that I that I attended last Friday night right here in Beverly at the Cove Community Center, the Unwrapped event. Like I said, very fun time. Going to be going down, breaking down the card in just a minute. But you can check out my photos from the show. Go to Event Photos. Click the most recent one for December 9th. Not December 9th. What was it? December 7th, I think it was. Um, it was on the Friday. So, no, December 6th. I'm sorry. December 6th, 2013. All the photos from the show right then and there. Also, other photos that I've taken that I've taken at past NECW events that I've attended and other WWE events that I've attended as well. So make sure to check that out. Also, go to WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com for all my exclusive interviews for the stars of the wrestling world. Didn't have the time to interview anyone at the NECW show that I attended on Friday night, but never fear, I will get them next time. It won't be in January because, of course, it will be on holiday break, so I won't be able to get anyone's interview over the break, or at least I won't be going to the show in January, but I hopefully will be going to their next show in February if they do indeed hold one right here in Beverly, so I'm looking forward to that in two months' time. Also, make sure to check out the official app of Next Era Wrestling's WrestleRant Radio. Go to WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com. On your mobile device, go to Safari, not Chrome. It only works for, for Safari. Press the little arrow on the bottom of your screen and press Download to Home Screen. You'll be notified of when new interviews and podcasts are up. So make sure to download that as well. You can listen to the repeats of WrestleRant Radio if you're not listening live on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. You can listen live or listen to the repeat rather on saturday nights at eight o'clock eastern time seven central time if you're around make sure to listen it up if you're not listening live on tuesday nights check out my official facebook page at graham gsm matthews give it the old thumbs up stories news podcast articles and much much more so make sure you give my facebook page a good old like all support is greatly appreciated Make sure to check out my Bleacher Report articles once again by simply searching Graham GSM Matthews. New articles up every week as well as up at YouTube. Subscribe to me at Graham GSM Matthews. You can hear excerpts of this show right at Graham GSM Matthews on YouTube. So like I said before, folks, all support is greatly appreciated. So with all that being said, before we even get into my results of the NECW show, the results of Monday Night Raw, my TLC predictions, just want to talk about something real quick. Two things. Number one, number of days ago, I believe it was on Sunday, right before Total Divas aired, and yes, I do watch Total Divas. Not a bad show, by the way. I was talking with a elite group of wrestling fans via Skype, and we were talking about a potential WrestleMania 30 dream card. Came up with a lot of different situations, a lot of potential matchups. Some... Some more than likely than others, some likelier than others, but nonetheless, it was fun to uh, shoot the breeze, so to speak, with some elite, knowledgeable wrestling fans, and I'm hoping to hold another group chat soon. It was myself and I believe four or five other people, so it was an absolute blast of a time. Um, We're hopefully going to hold another group chat in some point in the foreseeable future, like I said before. It was quite a fun time, so I'm hoping to watch or hoping to hold another group chat via Skype at some point in the near future. I won't give away the matches that we came up with for WrestleMania 30 because, of course, I will be writing an article about that, hopefully on Bleacher Report in the next few weeks, if not in the first few weeks of 2014. 
So I look forward to doing that so I won't reveal the results of their match card that we came up with on Sunday night. But look forward to that on Bleacher Report. It's going to be huge. And like I said before, um, so we've got that out of the way. That was the WrestleMania roundtable. Oh, the next thing I wanted to discuss, the WWE Network. Now, of course, the WWE Network was first introduced to fans, or the idea of it was aired in a commercial during Monday Night Raw, I believe during an early September 2011 broadcast. People were going excited. Twitter blew up about it. People were just going on and on and on about how awesome it would be, myself included, not excluding myself this year. Um, everyone was just going apeshit crazy, excuse my language, but everyone was just going absolute berserk for this new WWE network because the idea of it is rather captivating. It sounds very, very interesting being a um, diehard WWE fan. I would absolutely buy into the idea of a WWE network. And commercials continue to air for the network, promoting original content, all archived episodes of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, so on and so forth. Also, episodes or uh, pay-per-views and stuff like that. Original shows like Legends House, which was, I believe, taped in January of 2012, so it's hard to believe that was almost exactly two years ago. Um, But even still, they taped all new original content to air on the network, and it just never aired. They continue to air commercials for it. And it just never came to fruition for one reason or another. I'm not really sure why, but um, they just stopped airing the commercials for it. It was originally pitched for WrestleMania 28 weekend in April of 2012. They couldn't meet that deadline, so they were hoping to reach it by SummerSlam of that year. Once again, did not reach that deadline. Did not reach any deadline in 2013. 2013 is quickly coming to a close. It's December 10th as I record this. So within the next few weeks, 2013 will be over. And this was originally pitched for 2012, may I mind you. However, per some recent developments, the WWE Network seems closer, more of a possibility than ever before. As a news article recently broke, I believe it was on the Wrestling Observer or some other website, um, I think it was Chair Shots Reality. I know Justin Labar from Bleacher Report broke the news story, but he was saying that the WWE Network is primed for a launch date of February 24th. Fourth, I want to say. I think it's on the weekend of WWE's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, or maybe shortly after that, but even still, it was in late February of 2014. But um, it said the pricing, although WWE Network, the WWE has since come out and issued a report to a number of wrestling dirt sheets saying that, no, we didn't say this, there's no set launch date yet, we're not really sure what the pricing and what the content will be, so on and so forth, and whatever else. But um, Justin Labar was very, very keen on the idea, I guess, or was um, basically confirming that WWE's network will be debuting in late February of 2014. It's been all but confirmed at this point in time. It will be featuring original episodes of Monday Night Raw, every archived episode of Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, every every pay-per-view that has ever aired in WWE, I believe maybe some WCW, ECW, and every other territory that WWE's bought out over the years. So I believe that will be airing as well. Um, and it's all for the lowest price of $10.99 a month. Now, that is an absolute bargain if you're getting free pay-per-views with this, too. And I'm not just talking about archived pay-per-views from years past. I'm talking about pay-per-views that are upcoming, as in like WrestleMania 30, because from what I heard I could be wrong here, but from what I heard, WrestleMania 30 will be included in the package deal. So if you buy WWE's network right off the bat, right as it launches in late February 2014, if it indeed does launch on that date, then you will be included in purchasing WrestleMania 30. It's going to be included in the package. And not only that, but this isn't going to be any old channel, which I'm very happy about. This isn't going to be a channel that you go to to watch the WWE. No, it's going to be a extras sort so to speak it, it's kind of hard to explain but it's going to be sort of netflix in the sense that you can watch it on your mobile device you can watch it on your laptop you can watch it on a smart tv so the wwe network is going to be very accessible which i'm very happy about because being up here at school i would not be able to watch the wwe network so i'd be having my parents pay for it but i wouldn't be able to watch it because i'm never home because i'm up here on campus So having it go out to, you know, in a Netflix sort of way, I would love the idea of that. Free episodes, it's a 24-7 channel, which differs it from every other channel there is. So that's why I'm very, very excited about it. You can view 
old episodes of Raw, SmackDown, and every other program that WWE has ever had. So that is very, very exciting news. And, it, and again, it has been all but confirmed. From what I've read, it seems pretty likely that the show will be, or the network rather, will be debuting in February of 2014. But I am very, very excited on the idea of a WWE network, all of its content, and all at the lowest price of $10.99 a month. So I very much look forward to that and hope it end up, hopefully, hopefully it ends up coming to fruition. So, with all that being said, I'll move right along now to New England Championship Wrestling's unwrapped event from this past Friday night, December 7th, 2013. Like I said before, had a heck of a time. Was it December 7th? I think it was the, third, the 6th. Oh, no, wait a second. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the program right now because they give out free programs before the show, and it says November 9th. So I don't think they uh, correctly changed the date because I know that was the date of the last event that I went to for NECW, but... Nonetheless, just a small botch on their end, in, in my end for that rather. But nonetheless, it was a very fun show, like I said before. For anyone in the area, here in Beverly, Massachusetts, near the Boston area, wherever, it's at the Cove Community Center. It's very accessible to me because it's only a mile down the road from where, I, from where my college is, so it doesn't take long to get there at all. But um, it, it's a very, very fun time for being an indie show. All their shows are on YouTube, so you can look them up at New England Championship Wrestling or visit their website at necw.tv. Um, they had a blockbuster six-man tag team main event with Jeremy Prophet, Genesis, and the NECW heavyweight champion Sean Burke teaming against the dynamic trio of Slick Wagner Brown, Antonio the Promise Thomas, and Asylum Nick Shepard in what was a very fast-paced, electrifying main event matchup. Very, very fun to watch. I just went by myself to the show, so I was able to watch it with some other diehard wrestling fans. I was able to chat with a few people while, that, while I was there, too. So that was pretty fun. And I also bought a t-shirt for a certain superstar who I'll, I will get into in a brief bit. But this is a very, very good matchup. All six men all have history with one another because, of course, it was Sean Burke who took the NECW heavyweight title from Antonio the Promise Thomas back in October at the show that I went to. Um, Jeremy Prophet has had his problems in the past with Slick Wagner Brown. They recently had a last man standing match at one of the most recent NECW shows. So it, it, it all made sense in the context of the matchup. Very, very fun matchup for what it was in the babyface team of Slick Wagner Brown, Antonio Thomas, and the Asylum Nick Shepard went over. So great way to close out the show. But that wasn't the only marquee matchup on the show. We also had a television championship matchup with Johnny Thunder putting his title on the line against one of his arch rivals, the masshole Mike McCarthy. Now, I went on a rant, I believe, back in November on one of these episodes of WrestleRant Radio as to why the masshole Mike McCarthy is the future of pro wrestling. I've said this numerous times in the past, but this guy very much so reminds me of CM Punk in more ways than one. His look his rebellious attitude, the language that he uses, just his overall appearance, his in-ring maneuvers, his repertoire, all such all such in sorts. He reminds me very much so of CM Punk. So maybe that's why I'm drawn to him. But like I said before, I bought a t-shirt for a superstar from NECW at the show on Friday night, and it was the Mass Holes. It has the Mass Hole, Mike McCarthy on the front of it with the Boston Bruins logo, but instead of a B, it's an M. So it's brilliant stuff. He sports the shirts to all of his matches, so I'm very glad to get a copy of the shirt. Um, it, they were selling like crazy at the merchandise table. Um, people were wearing that more than any other T-shirt, and I know they were selling quite a few T-shirts for quite a few other wrestlers. But the Massel shirts were shelling or shelling were selling off the shelves. I'm telling you, um, very hot merchandise item. So I'm very glad to have bought one of those. But yes, the Massel went over Johnny Thunder and is now the new NECW Television Champion. Very very good matchup. I believe he won clean. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he went over clean. So very good matchup. Glad to see the Massel Mike McCarthy as the new Television Champion. He's very much over with the crowd. Whether you cheer him, whether you boo him, he gets one of the biggest reactions in all of indie wrestling right now, or at least from what I've seen. Down in NECW, he got one of the biggest reactions of the night. So that being said, though, as we've seen, as I've talked about in the last two months of the last two NECW shows that I've been to, the masshole Mike McCarthy has been engaged in a very ruthless rivalry with Jason Rumble. However... 
they had not meet they had not met on this show. Jason Rumble was nowhere to be seen on this show, despite the fact that he came out. I, I believe he's currently suspended in storyline from NECW. However, um, he didn't come out to attack the Masshole. He didn't do anything at all. He didn't make an appearance on the show whatsoever. He wasn't even mentioned by the ring announcer. So I'm not sure what's going on with Jason Rumble. However, when I did wait out after the show, I was waiting for my cab. Um, I was also looking for a few wrestlers to interview. Jason Rumble came out behind the curtain. So he was at the show. He just wasn't used. So I guess they are indeed sticking to the idea of him being suspended at the moment. But uh, I ho- hopefully they clash at some point over the NECW Television Championship because those two had a heck of a triple threat match a couple of months ago at the October show that I went to. So hopefully that feud is far from over. As far as other matchups on the show, we had an NECW Tag Team title matchup with that guy, Scotty Slade, and the sure thing, Mark Sherman, defeating Bo Douglas and Brickhouse Baker. Very fun tag team match. The tag team champs Slade and Sherman are very much over with the live audience at NECW at the Cove Community Center. And, of course, they went over here, so that was a fun matchup as well. We had Diamondback Jake Maverick, Jack Mavericks, I'm sorry, um, going over Tim Lennox. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It looks French, but um, he was the wannabe Triple H that I talked about last time at the November show that I went to, the wannabe Triple H D-Generation X guy. Um, so he went over him. That was his debut in NECW, I believe it was. Brad Hollister going over the fabulous Johnny Vegas. And if the name Johnny Vegas doesn't sound familiar for those indie wrestling fans here in the Northeast, Johnny Vegas portrayed the role, I believe, from what someone told me, and I went back and looked at it, and it is indeed true. He per- he portrayed the role of John Cena's baseball coach on the John Cena This Is Your Life segment from two years ago on Raw in Boston. So that's very exciting to hear. At the Alchemania event that I attended last month, um, the person that I was watching the show with, Adam, he mentioned that Johnny Vegas was at that show. So that's great to say um, that he that he portrayed Johnny's John Cena's father on that show. That's very cool to see an indie wrestler get such a you know gets a, such a high profile position on a flagship show such as Monday Night Raw. So that was cool to know. Um, Mistress Belmont went over Casey Ray, the girlfriend, I believe. I think it's legitimate girlfriend or maybe in storyline of Matt Taven, the current ROH television champion. I don't watch ROH, but I do know that he's a television champion. He may have dropped it since then. I'm not really sure, but I know he won it a couple of months ago. But, um, yeah, Casey Ray fell up short or came up short of capturing the World Women's Championship on this show. World Women's Wrestling Championship, I'm sorry. So, yeah, overall, really enjoyable show. I'm looking forward to going back to NECW, not in January, but in February. But for those of you that don't go to Endicott and are indeed in the Beverly, Boston, Massachusetts area and are looking to go to a show, check it out. It is at the Cove Community Center right here in Beverly, Massachusetts. Their next show, I believe, is January 11th. Um, I think it's a Saturday. The main event, we'll see the NECW heavyweight champion Sean Burke defend his championship against Slick Wagner Brown in a rematch from the November show that I went to last month. So that's going to be pretty cool. Make sure to check it out if you haven't already. Like I said before, check them out on YouTube, New England Championship Wrestling. Go to their website as well at necw.tv for further information. So with all the indie wrestling talk out of the way, we'll move right in now to Monday Night Raw. But before I even get to my Raw review, I'm going to break this up a little bit. In my Raw review that I write over at nextairawrestling.weebly.com, shameless plug, of course, I didn't go into the Slammy Award winners when I broke down my review. I only talked about the matches and the segments on the show, not the Slammy Award winners. So I'll do that here, but I won't mix and match them. I'll only you know separate them, and I'll talk about the Slammy Award winners first, my brief thoughts on that, and then I'll talk about the matches from, you know, from Monday Night Raw from last night. So the Slammy Award winners, I'll go down them really, really quickly. The winner of the What a Maneuver of the Year Award, Roman Reigns. Faction of the Year, The Shield. You Still Got It, Best Superstar Return of the Year Award, Gold Dust. Couple of the Year, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella from Total Divas, of course. Tag Team of the Year, the current reigning WWE Tag Team Champions, Cody Rhodes and Gold Dust. Feet of Strength of the Year, Mark Henry. I believe it was for uh, when he pulled those two trucks over on SmackDown back in March. Say what quote of the year goes to Dusty Rhodes for something that he said to Stephanie McMahon back in October or September, I think it was. Best dance moves of the year, the Funkadactyls. Favorite web show of the year, 
The JBL and Cole Show, best crowd of the year, Raw after WrestleMania 29 in New Jersey. No doubt about that. No argument about that at all. Catchphrase of the year, Daniel Bryan for yes, yes, yes. Trending now, hashtag of the year for The Shield. Goes to The Shield for uh, Believe in The Shield. This is awesome moment of the year. Goes to The Big Show for knocking out Triple H. Breakout star of the year goes to The Shield. Beard of the year goes to Daniel Bryan. LOL moment of the year goes to The Rock for his Rock concert. Double cross of the year goes to Shawn Michaels for betraying Daniel Bryan in the WWE Championship Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell back in October. Diva of the year went to the Bella Twins. Superstar of the year, Daniel Bryan. Fan participation of the year, Daniel Bryan. Insult of the year, Stephanie McMahon for degrading Big Show in an episode of Raw in October. I think it was the Raw after Battleground. Um, extreme moment of the year, CM Punk for attacking Paul Heyman on top of the cell at Hell in a Cell in October. And finally, the match of the year, John Cena versus The Rock from WrestleMania 29. Now, there's a lot of things wrong with this list of awards and a lot of things right. First and foremost, I'll focus on the positive for a second. I'm very, very glad to see that Daniel Bryan was nominated the Superstar of the Year. He's very, very deserving of it. He's a former two-time WWE champion, albeit for maybe a day and five minutes combined, but he rose to, he, he, he rose to the top, of the, to the cream of the crop this past year, if that's how you say it. Um, with his two WWE title wins, main eventing numerous pay-per-views. He main evented Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Night of Champions, Hell in a Cell, and Battleground. And he was also a WWE Tag Team Champion for the first half of the year. Had a hell of a summer over at, uh, at Payback and Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. His five-star matchup with John Cena from SummerSlam. Some very good matches with Randy Orton as well. So he was very, very deserving of the award. Glad to see Daniel Bryan as the 2013 Superstar of the Year. For the rest of the awards, I cannot be too optimistic of. Diva of the Year went to the Bella Twins. That was a joke. The Bella Twins came back to the WWE in, I think, either February or March. The bigger joke than this, what I laughed the hardest at was the fact that the Bella Twins were nominated for the You Still Got It Best Superstar Return of the Year Award. It was Goldust who eventually won the award, but he was one of the nominees Bruno Sammartino, Chris Jericho, and the Bella Twins. How the hell were the Bella Twins nominated for Best Superstar of the Year award? They were they weren't even gone for a freaking year. That was kind of dumb. Um, I, oh, I think Rob Van Dam was nominated too. But the fact the Bella Twins were even nominated was an absolute joke. But getting away from that, um, I understand they you know took part in the success of Total Divas, but. They aren't total divas. Natalia's on the show. The Funkadactyls are on the show. So they aren't the sole reason why Total Divas is doing so well right now. Natalia, the Funkadactyls, JoJo, and dare I say, Eva Marie. I don't think people watch the show for Eva Marie, but you know what I mean. It's a collective group effort. So it's not just the Bella Twins. They didn't win any championships this year. Nikki Bella was out for maybe four or five months out of the out of the ring with an injury. Brie Bella came up short of defeating Natalia at SummerSlam from a few months ago. Natalia won at Survivor Series. Natalia won at SummerSlam. It's just ridiculous that the Bella Twins were even nominated for this award, much less won. They didn't do anything. I think the only reason they might have won was because one of them is dating John Cena and the other one's dating Daniel Bryan. So dating two of the top stars in the WWE will probably get you somewhere in the company. After AJ had the breakout moment of the year with her pipe bombshell, Back in August, I think it was, when she went on that amazing rant on the Total Divas cast. Um, That was great. She's been the reigning WWE Divas champion since June. So she very much deserved this award. If not AJ, then Caitlyn. I mean, Caitlyn was the Divas champion for the longest time. She rose to the cream of the crop over the course of 2013. Not the greatest wrestler, I'll give you that much, but she was in a, um, I won't say a high-profile matchup, but she wasn't an a featured matchup at SummerSlam this past year. She had some very good matches with AJ on Raw, SmackDown, Payback, Money in the Bank. So she would have been my second candidate. Everyone else, maybe Natalia, everyone else with a joke. So not really sure why the Bella Twins won that. And then we had Shawn Michaels winning the Double Cross of the Year Award when that easily should have gone to Mark Henry for his amazing performance the night after Payback this past year. That was amazing when he double-crossed John Cena. He should have gotten an Oscar for that award. Um, what else? Extreme moment of the year went to CM Punk. I'm a huge CM Punk fan, but it should have gone to Ryback. 
for when he took out John Cena through the wall, through the electronic wall at um, at Extreme Rules, I think it was, during their last man standing matchup. So Ryback should have won that one. The what else did what else was dumb? Um, this is awesome moment of the year. The Big Show winning that that was kind of dumb. That should have gone to Dolph Ziggler for winning the or for cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. So there were just a lot of asinine matches or a lot of asinine awards on the show. Key uh, key word there asinine. But it, the match of the year too. I forgot to mention this. John Cena versus The Rock. What a freaking joke. CM Punk versus uh, Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam, as well as John Cena versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title from SummerSlam, were miles better from John Cena versus The Rock at WrestleMania. I recently made a list of the top 25 best matches of 2013. That match didn't even make the list. So the fact that this, this match won the award was an absolute joke, when easily, of these nominees, CM Punk versus The Undertaker should have won if not the Rhodes family versus the Shield from Battleground, because that was excellent as well, because Triple H versus the Brock Lesnar match from Extreme Rules. It was good, but it definitely was not match of the year worthy. But there's really no point in ranting about any of these awards, because most of them were either rigged or just pure BS, because I know I read a report today saying that they were all 100% legitimate, but I just find it very... it's just very difficult for me to understand the fact that Stephanie McMahon, a heel in storyline, won an award for what it was, it uh, the insult of the year, for when she degraded Big Show. Why would she win a Slammy for that? That was a joke. So the fact that she even won a Slammy for that was just you know uh, a slap in the face to AJ Lee, who should have won that award for pipe bomb of pipe bomb shell pipe bomb shell um, of the year for her little pipe bomb shell from August, I think it was. So she should have won the award for that, but again, these are scripted awards from a scripted show, so there's really no point in ranting and raving about it. But a lot of people are asking, were the votes indeed legitimate? Um, were they indeed legitimate? No one's really sure. Like I said, there were, there is plenty of speculation that they were indeed real. I just find it, I, I just have a hard time believing that they are indeed legitimate, um, that people would have voted for the Bella Twins over AJ or Stephanie McMahon over AJ or Cena and The Rock over Punk and Taker. Even a five-year-old would know that a Punk and Taker match from WrestleMania was miles better than Cena versus The Rock, um, an embarrassment on the WrestleMania card. The entire WrestleMania card was an embarrassment for the most part, but Punk versus Taker from that show was a gem of a matchup. So I was disappointed that that match didn't win. But were they rigged? I would say so. Um, if they were indeed voting, if they were indeed, if the voting was indeed legitimate, then I have lost all faith in wrestling fans. But we'll move right along from there, though, into my review of Monday Night Raw, the match portion of the show, not the Slammy Awards. So kicking off the show, we had Daniel Bryan versus Fandango. Honestly, I'll tell you right now, I was not able to watch this matchup. I was going to watch it on my TV, but my roommate was playing video games instead. He was playing Mario Super Sunshine or whatever it's called on the Wii for the entire show. So I had to watch this show on a crappy live stream, and it took me forever to find the stream. So I was unable to watch this first matchup. But from what I heard, it was very good. So glad to see Fandango being involved in a high-profile matchup, so to speak, with the former WWE champion Daniel Bryan, even if he did lose. Fandango just needs a massive, massive uh, gimmick overhaul. He's a very good wrestler. I just don't like the whole dancing thing. I just think it's dumb. The Fandangoing thing played itself out after like two weeks. That was stupid. But um, even still, very good matchup to kick off the show from what I was told. Damian Sandow versus Santina Morella. Basic squash match. Basically what you would expect from these two. Sandow will be contending for the Intercontinental Championship on Sunday's TLC show, so it's no surprise that he went over here. Glad to see Damian Sandow get a renewed push, even though I know he probably won't win the IC title on Sunday, nor should he, um, since Langston's only been champion for about a month now, so that'd be a waste if he lost. But moving right along, we had The Miz versus Kofi Kingston. Another fine matchup from these two, but I can't help but think their matches just get gradually worse and worse and worse. Don't get me wrong, they have very good chemistry together, it's just the fact they get less and less time in the ring every time they meet. And The Miz has now won three times over Kofi Kingston. And the shame, the same shtick happens every single time after every matchup. The Miz wins, and then Kofi gets mad and either slaps him or gives him a trouble in paradise. It's ridiculous. It's like they don't know what to do with either of these guys, so they just put them in random matches every week. 
The good news is, though, that The Miz showed more heel tendencies than he has in recent weeks after he was turned heel, then turned back face, apparently after creative forgot that he even turned heel. That's just asinine to me. Why would... Uh, I don't even know. I'm not even going to bother talking about it. But The Miz, I guess, is indeed full-fledged heel now after the mannerisms that he showed on Monday night and after using, uh, after pulling Kofi's tights to win the matchup. So I guess that's good news, but the bad news is that WWE... I've got some bad news. That was my bad news Barrett impression. But the bad news is that WWE, I guess, just doesn't care about Miz and Kingston to give them, doesn't care about them enough to give them a solid storyline in the mid-card, which is unfortunate because both guys are very good wrestlers, very good workers, have had good programs in the past. This time around, not so much. Like I said before, very unfortunate. Up next, though, we had a eight-man tag team match. With Rey Mysterio, The Big Show, and the WWE Tag Team Champions Cody Rose and Goldust defeating the tandem of Curtis Axel, Ryback, collectively known as Axel, and the Real Americans. So this is another solid effort from all eight men. Um, got some very good time. Got uh, picked up the pace down the stretch. Nice flurry of finishers in the final few minutes. The babyface team goes over. It was kind of a uh, split down the middle thing. Couldn't really have cared less who won. It just was a good match for what it was. Very enjoyable contest. Um, after the Rhodes brothers lost last week, both on Raw and SmackDown, I guess it was necessary to give them their win back over Rybaxel. But with that being said, though, if Rybaxel and uh, if Rybaxel, Curtis Axel, and Ryback are hoping to get a shot at the tag team titles come TLC, wouldn't have been, wouldn't it have been smart to have them go over the tag team champions again here? I don't know if that matchup is taking place at the pay-per-view. It has yet to be confirmed, so I'm not really sure yet. Although, what I am hoping for is a fatal four-way TLC matchup, which would see the defending tag team champions, Rhodes, um, Cody Rhodes and Goldust, put their titles up for grabs against Rey Mysterio on the Big Show, Axel, and the Real Americans. I'm not really sure what the whole idea of a Rey Mysterio and Big Show tandem is. I'd rather see him... I'd rather see them as singles competitors. Um, if anything, I'd rather see Big Show gone. I'd rather not see him at all, to be quite honest. But um, if you're going to use him, I guess putting him in a feud with or uh, putting him in a tag team with Rey Mysterio, I guess is the best thing they can do for him right now since his whole program with uh, Triple H was just swept right underneath the rug for some reason. Um, not really sure why that is. I'm actually happy that matchup isn't happening, but if you're going to start a feud, at least end it. But, you know, that's not worth complaining about. But nonetheless, um, I would like to see a tag team title match between these four teams at TLC. Usually TLC, and, you know, I might as well get into this right now. I was going to talk about it later, but I might as well get into it right now. That the WWE TLC pay-per-view usually features, um, in 2009 it did, 2011, 2012, it featured one ladder match. One chairs match, one of the dumbest match stipulations in WWE history, but it is what it is. It could be good at times, but usually it's garbage. So we got a ladder match, a chairs match, a tables match, and then a TLC match. That was the case at the installments of TLC in 09, 2011, and 2012. In 2010, they had two of every matchup for the most part. They only had one chairs matchup, but they had two tables, two ladders, two chairs or one chairs match and then one TLC matchup. So that being said, um, that doesn't appear to be the case this year. We only have one TLC matchup in the main event, but that's about it. And I would probably blame it on WWE's recent booking. They don't have enough feuds to fill out a ladder match, a tables match and a chairs match. So that sucks because those matches are usually looking, are usually worth looking forward to with the exception of the chairs match. Although big show and Sheamus kind of had a, Pretty good shares match in 2012, but that's besides the point. I was hoping for a fatal four-way ladder tag team title matchup at TLC between these four teams. It doesn't appear to be the case now. Now that um, SmackDown, I think, is currently being taped, and I don't like to read spoilers, so I'll find out on Friday after I watch the show, unless WWE confirms it on their website before then. But I would hope that WWE ends up mat- ends up adding this matchup to the card for Sunday. I would Love to see it. It would be amazing. But uh, I'm not getting my hopes up because we only have one SmackDown left and they should have announced it on Raw if it was indeed happening. But we'll switch gears here into Sin Cara versus Alberto Del Rio 
in a rematch from last week's Raw. Sin Cara once again goes over clean. Nice up, nice matchup for what it was. The live crowd, the live crowd. I'm sorry, I'm botching all over the place tonight. The live crowd couldn't have cared less. Um, it's good to see Sin Cara pick up another win, aka Hunico. I think Hunico plays the role better than Sin, uh, than uh, than the original Sin Cara than Mystico. So uh, that, that's a plus, I guess. The matchup was what it was. Del Rio hasn't meant anything in ages. When he's not chasing a world title, he doesn't mean jack shit. So let's just, just put it that way. So people don't care about his current feud with El Bojido, with uh, Sin Cara. And the live crowd couldn't have cared less for Sin Cara either, which is a shame. So they need to keep on giving him high-profile victories, but at least transi- I'm sorry, at least transition this into a full-fledged feud between these two. I would like to see it. They should face off in some sort of matchup. At TLC, maybe a rubber match, although Sin Cara won the first two matches. But even still, it'd be pretty cool to see these two go at it at TLC. But um, where do you go from here with these two? I don't really know. I'm just excited about Sin Cara being, now being portrayed by Hunico. And going back to the Rey Mysterio and Big Show thing, I'd rather see Rey Mysterio tag team up with Hunico as opposed to Big Show. Big Show and Rey Mysterio, they have some chemistry with the whole big man, little thing, big man, little man thing. But, um, I don't know. I'd rather not see them as a tag team. I'd rather see them as singles competitors, if not Rey Mysterio paired up with with Sin Cara. But, uh, that being said, though, I'm looking forward to where Sin Cara versus Del Rio goes, the whole feud. But, uh, hopefully it leads somewhere, and WWE Creative does not forget about it. Also on the show, we had Brodus Clay versus Xavier Woods. Brodus Clay absolutely decimated Xavier Woods within the course of Maybe within the span of maybe 30 seconds or less. Um, after the matchup, Brodus Clay just went absolutely berserk, just attacking Xavier Woods and gradually hinting at that heel turn that's been teased for a number of weeks now. Tenside tried to back him up. So did the Funkadactyls who were looking on in shock from ringside. Brodus Clay gets out of the ring, starts walking up, back up the ramp, and he goes, I'm a main event player, dog. You don't try to stand up to me or whatever it was, but... The fact that they called himself a main event flair, like I said last week, is just comical. Brutus Clay, love the guy, just not a main event player. Maybe, maybe even as a heel, he won't be a main event player. But it is very encouraging to see that Brutus Clay is finally here, finally heel after all this time. He should have been heel two years ago when he was brought up to the main roster on Monday Night Raw. The Funkasaurus thing was fun for all of like two weeks before they killed it off, made it boring, had him destroyed by Big Show and all that shit. But um, that being said, though, um, I'm very much looking forward to Brodus Clay as the monster that he was born to be. So hopefully this transitions into a feud with Xavier Woods, maybe with Tensai. I'm not really sure. I didn't like the fact that Xavier Woods lost in 30 seconds. But the light at the end of the tunnel of this segment was the fact that Brodus Clay will be turning full-fledged heel at some point in the foreseeable future. Up next on the show, we had CM Punk taking on the United States champion Dean Ambrose in a non-title matchup and a rematch from last week's SmackDown with CM Punk going over cleanly. So in this matchup, another great matchup from these two. Their matchup on SmackDown was excellent. This matchup was more of the same from these two. Great action throughout the bout. Like I said before, CM Punk went over clean. Dean Ambrose, um... I don't know. I went on a rant on this on my Facebook page. Another shameless plug, so make sure to like it. Um, I went on a rant on this on my Facebook page. I believe it was on Friday. But um, I like the fact that Dean Ambrose is U.S. champion. He's a much better champion than uh, than Kofi Kingston was for the month that he held it, or Santino, or whatever else. But I just don't like the fact that he consistently loses non-title matches. I mean, like, give this guy a win at some point in time. I mean, I understand why Punk won. Because if he wins on Sunday, and especially given the fact that he has some bruised ribs, so that's an out for him for losing. But um, even still, I just don't like the fact that Dean Ambrose keeps on losing and losing and losing so many non-title matches. But it was such a great matchup, I kind of put that to the back of my mind. The full focus of this matchup was on the fact that the Shield have been gradually teasing at that eventual breakup. Something I don't really want to see right now because they're one of the best factions in years. I would argue since Evolution a decade ago. So it's going to be sad to see the Shield eventually break up. But when it's time, it's time. 
I don't think the time is now. Cue John seeing the joke here. But I think it could be at some point down the future, down the line in the future. Um, just not anytime soon. That's all. Roman Reigns, he could be a breakout babyface, sure, but I just don't want to see it happen anytime soon. If at least in the next few months, just you know, wait until after WrestleMania at the very, at, at the soonest, at the earliest. Please wait until after WrestleMania 30 with their proposed match with the Wyatt family. So good match from Punk and Ambrose. CM Punk went over here to give himself some momentum going into his handicap matchup against Dean Ambrose at TLC. Up next, we had Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, collectively known as the Wyatt Family, taking on the Usos in tag team action. Another very fun matchup from these two teams. Harper and Rowan went over. And again, good booking maneuver, a good booking move, since they will be involved in a three-on-one handicap matchup on Sunday. And if they lost here, then... There'd be no chance of them winning on Sunday. The Wyatt family has lost so many matches in recent months that it was kind of hard to take them seriously. I mean, their act is so absolutely amazing that it, you know, that was an excuse, but they need to start winning more matches. After jobbing out to Daniel Bryan and CM Punk for so long, hopefully they can get a big win over Daniel Bryan on Sunday's pay-per-view. But, you know, one can only hope, and I'll get into my predictions in a little bit as far as that goes. But up next, also, we had Natalia taking on Tamina Snuka for what felt like the millionth time in the last month. A brief matchup should have gone longer. Both workers are very, very good in the ring. So it was a shame to see the matchup go so short. But that being said, though, Natalia went over to get some momentum boost going into her Divas title match with AJ Lee on Sunday. AJ was, I think, she wasn't on commentary, I don't think. But, you know, she played her part at ringside. And we're getting that Divas title match at TLC. So this was the obligatory, did I say that right? The obligatory, I say it like obligumandata, I don't know. The, um, the what was I going to say, the required build for the Divas Championship matchup at TLC on Sunday. And finally, in the main event of the show, we had the Championship Ascension Ceremony with World Heavyweight Champion John Cena confronting the WWE Champion Randy Orton in what was one of the best segments in quite a while. I'm not forgetting the old Wyatt versus Shield segment that we got on Raw, I believe it was, last month. But this was such an excellent segment. Great mic work from John Cena, some of the best mic work that he's shown since coming back from injury two months ago. Randy Orton, who is usually boring on the mic, was very, very good on the mic here as well. So some good chemistry between Cena and Orton for once, shockingly enough. Um, Cena went in to shake the hand of Randy Orton. I played the audio at the start of the show, I'm just kind of recapping. Um, Orton got a cheap shot over John Cena. They broke apart with all the 20 former world champions standing in the ring, and it was comical to see the great Kali in there. Yes, he was indeed a former world heavyweight champion. No matter how much you would like to forget it, he indeed was a former world champion. So we had a pull-apart brawl between Cena and Orton. CM Punk was backing Orton into a corner. Orton slapped Punk. Punk went after Orton. Triple H went after Punk. Punk went back after Triple H. Sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels on to CM Punk. The running knee from Daniel Bryan on to Shawn Michaels. Daniel Bryan, by the way, was extremely over with his hometown crowd. It wasn't his hometown, it was his home state, but even still, of in uh, Seattle, Washington last night. I believe he's from Aberdeen, Washington, so it's very, very, fairly close to where the show was in Seattle. But um, even still, though, the crowd was hot for Daniel Bryan all night long, so after he hit the uh, the running knee on Randy Orton. The crowd went crazy. Randy Orton looked ahead and RKO on Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan countered, shoved Orton into Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon was down for the count. Triple H went to go check on her, looked concerned, hit a pedigree on Orton to close the show. Actually, before the close of the show, John Cena was seen standing with Kane, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon, planting the ideas planting the idea in the minds of wrestling fans that we very might well get a potential uh, swerve on Sunday with John Cena turning heel. I highly, highly doubt it. I've lost all faith in a John Cena heel turn at this point in time. But even still, it was a very cool visual to close the show with. I don't want to see Randy Orton as a babyface anytime soon, ever again, if at all. But um, even still... Um, the idea of a double swerve on Sunday is very, very intriguing. I don't think it's going to go down, but it was a great show to close the show with. 
and it definitely sold some pay-per-view buys. Like I said before, Orton is not usually great on the mic. He was on this show, as was John Cena. John Cena putting over people left and right in the forms of, uh, of Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and a number of others. So a great way to close the show that most definitely sold some pay-per-view buys for Sunday because I know I, for one, was not looking forward to buying the show TLC when it aired on Sunday night because the card looked last lackluster, but with the possibility of so many potential swerves occurring on Sunday, I would not at all be surprised to see the show exceed expectations. Right now, they're at a, you know, they're at a medium, but um, they were fairly low before, and this show helped improve them. So with all that being said, my overall thoughts on Monday Night Raw from this past week for December 9th, 2013, I thought it was a good show for what it was. There was some things to like, um, like the eight-man tag team match and Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan exchanging you know, a finisher or two. So that was pretty cool. Some pretty cool moments. The Slammy Awards themselves were absolute jokes. But if anything, the big takeaway from this segment was the closing angle of John Cena getting the better of Randy Orton. Will Orton win on Sunday? Will John Cena win and become the inaugural undisputed champion in WWE history? Only time will tell, but um, here's a nice segue. WWE TLC this Sunday, live from Houston, should be a very, very good show. Advertised for the pre-show was Dolph Ziggler versus Fandango. Go, go, go. It's very, very depressing to see Dolph Ziggler in the pre-show of TLC. Because remember, it was only one short year ago that Dolph Ziggler was main eventing TLC in a ladders match, I think it was, for the Money in the Bank briefcase against John Cena. And he won! And he got de-pushed right after he lost the world title earlier this year, which is a shame. But even still, though, this matchup has the potential to be very, very good. Both guys are very good in-ring workers, so I look forward to this matchup. No doubt in my mind that Dolph Ziggler goes over. How much this win means to him, I'm not really sure, but there's no doubt in my mind that Dolph Ziggler goes over here, and Zack Ryder wins if, uh, I'm sorry, not Zack Ryder, if Fandango wins, I wish Zack Ryder, if Fandango wins, I will indeed cry. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But for the Divas Championship on the show, AJ Lee will be defending her gold against Natalia which should also be a very, very good matchup. These two have had solid matches in in the past. This matchup should be no exception. AJ Lee has had a heck of a run as Divas champion since winning the title back in June. But there is a part of me that wants to see her break the record, the record-setting brick, the uh, tongue twister, record-setting record? Record-setting record? I don't know. I just potched my own line there. Um, for... Um, what was I even saying? Wow, I can't even remember what I was saying. Oh my god, I was talking about the Divas Championship matchup. Oh, the record-setting reign as Divas Champion. I can't even I can't even believe I forgot about that for a second. Um, the record-setting reign as Divas Champion, the longest-reigning Divas Champion of all time, was Maurice. And I believe she held it for maybe seven months, so I'm hoping that AJ breaks that reign by holding it on for another month or so, I think it is. Because she's held the title for, I believe, five months now. Holds on to it for another month. So I believe in Febu- February, if she holds it by then, then she'll be good. But even still, though, I'm going to have to say that AJ Lee goes over here. Natalia's been getting all the momentum and all of their matches as of late. Um, AJ Lee, not so much. She got tapped up by Natalia back at Survivor Series and next night on Raw in every match between then and now. So AJ Lee, I think there's a lot left in the tank as far as her reign as Divas Champion goes, so hopefully we see that come to fruition at TLC with a successful title defense for AJ Lee. Up next, we have the Intercontinental Championship matchup, Big E Langston putting the gold on the line against Damian Sandow, who won a number one contenders match a number of weeks ago on Raw. Again, another matchup that has the potential to be very, very good. Damian Sandow, although I am a huge supporter of him, I think it is far too soon to be putting the IC title on him. It's not even it's not even that. It's more so the fact that Big E Langston won the championship a mere month ago. So dropping it this early would devalue the title's prestige even more. So don't even bother by having it change hands here. Big E Langston, still your Intercontinental Champion. 
Also, Daniel Bryan will be taking on the Wyatt family in a three-on-one handicap matchup. I don't know if all the Wyatt family members will be in the ring at the same time, or they're gonna be have to they're gonna have to tag in. That wasn't really made clear on this show. Only time will tell as far as that goes. But again, another matchup that should be very very good. As we know, Daniel Bryan works well with the members of the Wyatt family, specifically Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. We have yet to see him get his hands on Bray Wyatt, so hopefully we see that at the TLC pay-per-view on Sunday with a successful win for the Wyatt family after they lost the Survivor Series. It only makes sense for them to go over here. So my pick for this matchup would have to be the Wyatt family. Up next, we have CM Punk taking on all members of the Shield in yet another 3-in-1 handicap elimination match. It's not elimination. I don't know why I said that. But again, like I said before, I don't know if all the members of the Shield will be in the ring at the same time. Or they'll have to tag in. I'm not really sure. But again, this matchup should be fantastic. Punk's recent matches with Ambrose on SmackDown and Raw, respectively, were fantastic. And I'm expecting more of the same between him and Seth Rollins. Um, as far as Dean Ambrose goes, as far as Roman Reigns goes, um, him versus Punk at the pay-per-view should be good. You know, granted, it's not a singles match, so it doesn't really matter. But um, the chemistry that those two share, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how those two styles clash. But um, even still, Punk's going into this match with a bruised rib, with bruised ribs. So he has an out for losing, and the fact that they got the momentum boost last week on SmackDown and on this week's Raw. So that being said, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have both heel factions go over here. And maybe they will. And if they do, I wouldn't be surprised. But it would be very, very cool to see CM Punk pick up the victory and more tension, te- more tension tweezed, tweezed, um, more tension teased between the members of the Shield. So here's hoping that comes to fruition. I don't want to see it happen. Don't get me wrong. But it would play into the fact that the Shield has not been getting along lately specifically Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. So, that being said, I'm going to have to go with CM Punk here going over by pinning either Rowan or Harper. And then more um, Rowan or Harper. I mean, Rollins or Reigns, or maybe even Ambrose. I'm not even sure. But hopefully we get one of those two pinned, so then more attention will be tweezed. I said tweezed again. Teased between the members of The Shield. And then finally, in the main event of the show, it's going to be for the Unification unified WWE Undisputed Championship. I'm not really sure what to call it, actually. Randy Orton versus John Cena in what should be a very, very good matchup, TLC match-style rules. And this one, again, it's going to be very hard to predict a winner for this matchup. But all in all, I'm going to have to go with, drumroll please, Randy Orton. Because John Cena winning the match, at the, winning the championship at this point in time it doesn't make any sense. Um, Randy Orton going into WrestleMania as champion would make sense, so I would not be surprised to see him hold the title up until WrestleMania. What you do with John Cena, I have no idea. And some people are saying, oh, the titles are going to switch. Cena is going to grab the WWE title belt, and Randy Orton is going to do the same exact opposite thing. or He's going to grab the world title belt, and they'll just switch titles. That'd be... That's just absolutely asinine to me for some reason. Um, I don't see the appeal in that idea, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But I'm going to have to go with Randy Orton here. If John Cena's win, I will be weeping inside that he's only one reign away from topping Ric Flair's monumental, historic 16 World Championship victories. So with all that being said, TLC is shaping up to be a very, very good show. I look forward to watching it. Monday Night Raw this week was good as well, as was the NECW event that I attended last Friday. But before I get into my shameless plugs, a huge reminder. Make sure to go to nextairwrestling.weebly.com, vote for your favorite match of the year, superstar of the year, so on and so forth under the WWE TNA 2013 Year in Review. It's You go under Week in Review on the website, and right underneath it should say the Year in Review Award. So check it out. Leave your vote. The winners of each category will be announced right here live on WrestleRant Radio on EC Radio, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. So don't miss it. December 17th. Very much looking forward to it. And also speaking of Next Era Wrestling, make sure to check out my event photos for all the photos that I took 
at the NACW event that I attended last Friday night. Make sure to check out my official podcast at WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com for all my interviews with the stars of the wrestling world. Download the official app at WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com. On your mobile device on Safari, press that little arrow at the bottom of the screen and press Download to Home Screen. You will be notified of when new podcasts are up. Make sure to listen to the repeat of WrestleRant Radio on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central Time. Check me out on Facebook. Simply search Graham Jason Matthews. It's my official Facebook page, so give it a like. Check me out on Bleacher Report at Graham GSM Matthews. New articles all week long. And check me out on YouTube at Graham GSM Matthews once again for excerpts of this show and much more original content. So make sure to check it out. Subscribe there. Like I said before, all support is greatly appreciated, guys. And of course, you can tune back to the season, the um, half mid-season finale of WrestleRant Radio next Tuesday night, I almost said Friday night, I have no idea why, um, next Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, it's going to be a very fun time, going to be talking about the year in review, going to be, like I said before, breaking down the year in review awards, and the winner of every category, and, you know, just a little recap of 2013 in the world of wrestling, so until then, guys, I bid you adieu, and hopefully you guys have a very, very good week, and I will see you here live on WrestleRant Radio next Tuesday night. See you then, guys.